welcome, welcome, welcome. At this time, I would like to announce our apostle, Dr. Apostle Susan Howard, first gentleman, Deacon Bernard, welcome. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Come on, let everything that have breath. Come on, let everything that has breath. Amen. Even the birds and the insects worship him. Early in the morning, late at night, you hear worship. Everything that has breath. You know, breath is a soul. It's a living soul. Plants have living souls in them. Isn't that amazing? Not the way we have that expression and essence of God, but let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You can take your seats. Sounds different over here today, guys. What'd y'all do? Sounds different. Sounds good. Amen. Hmm? They got conscious. <laughs> it would be the pastor of the house to echo the message of the house. Praise the Lord. How we doing? We good? Amen. God is good. All right. Uh-huh. Give me that cheesy smile because I was looking for you. I do my road check and my roster check when I go down the aisles and y'all think I just be smiling at y'all. I'm like, mm-hmm. Why that seat ain't filled? Why that person ain't here? I know when y'all do a little switch up on me, you throw me off for a minute, so take me a little chance to look around. But don't think I don't know. I give y'all so many days and I, I get on the past the day. You heard from so-and-so? No apostle, but I'll find out right now. Thank you. Overseers, you heard from so-and-so? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Where they at? And then sometimes you're in the building, but I don't feel you or see you at all when you're in the building. And I'll say to Pastor D, what's going on with so-and-so? Nothing that I'm aware of, Apostle. They were in the building, and I could not feel them. I couldn't pick them up. Something's detached. Pastor D, give him a call. Overseers, why so-and-so in the back when they used to be in the front? We'll find out, Apostle. Okay. Then I'll be in prayer or just out to dinner or cooking dinner or just sitting there doing nothing, and y'all face will flash before me. Pastor D, what's going on with so-and-so? I keep seeing their face. May the Lord watch between me and thee. He's watching. Amen? He's watching. How y'all doing? Good. How's the married people from last week's message? Oh, yeah? Tell me why. Uh-huh. Because you what? Just love your husband? Oh, you hear her, Buki? Come on, let everything that have breath wave his hand. Go ahead. <laughs> Bless God. Come on, married people. Give me some takeaway from last week. We know we like to pull it together. Harmony. Huh? We had a meeting, a family meeting. Yes, between the two of you. Absolutely. Very good. Yes, sir. Tells us what? mastermind Jesus is it possible for us to manifest 
the world likes that word manifest. That's the only reason why I'm targeting right now. It will probably be dropped as we go on, but I'm purposely using the word because as we have been taught in order to be kingdom people, kingdom minded, we do what with the world and not what with the world. Uh-huh, which also means what when we're witnessing? We adapt to the world's ways. We use their language, their vocabulary. We use the culture. No, we adopt. We adopt the ways, but we don't adapt. We don't change to the ways. But if we're going to reach a people, if we're going to reach a culture, you can't use it speaking church language. You have to speak a language in which they understand it. Amen? But we don't adopt their ways, their customs, their beliefs. We have an adoption that's already happened. Y'all get me? Amen. We learned that in Bible study many moons ago. So we were talking about mind chemistry. Mind chemistry. We were talking about manifesting. Uh, we also used the language of soul ties that a lot of the church people have been taught and taught and taught. I think soul ties and Jezebel are like some of the most prominent messages you just see over and over and over. And most of them, they still have it wrong. They still have it wrong because a soul tie isn't just something that's connected in a spirit. It's molecules. It's biological. A soul tie can only be broken by tying to something else. That's why most people can't be single. As soon as they break up with someone, they're filling the expressions in that uh, void of not having someone feel them so they latch on to another person in a relationship. And that's codependency. You have a dependency to be co. And we're supposed to be, have a dependency to be co-laborers with God. And everything else coals after that. Even our spouses. Amen? Even with our spouses. So when we're working with things, especially as a church, we've, we used to have this expression going around years ago that we're so heaven-bound, we're no earthly good, which means we can't witness to anyone. We can't make expression to anyone because we can use the church signals and signs, but no one coming in can understand any of that. So how do we go outside of the building and adjust to their cultures and norms and understandings is only by teaching it inside the building, inside the kingdom. So that's why I'm pushing the word manifestation. If you want to know exactly what it is that we're talking about, faith is what? Not seen is our manifestation. That's our manifestation. The world grabbed onto the vision board thing. And before you know it, people were checking things off. They were manifesting things. Faith was happening because there was a projected image and a projected end to what it is you wanted in your life. God said, write the vision. He didn't say, just keep the vision in your heart. Don't keep it in your heart that only you know it. Write it so that those that must carry it and run with it will know exactly what the vision is. You can't manifest things that do not have an earthly expression. Did y'all get that? 
Let's go over our scriptures just so we make sure we're all on the same page again. We'll do the two from last week, and I'm going to add two more for this week. John 10 and 38, if someone can get that, and John 14 and 11. And when you have it, I want you to stand up, and I want you to read the law of God with boldness and with confidence. Thank you, Pastor Kareem. John 14, 11. If they have it on, you can try it. Thank you. They just worked in harmony together. Hallelujah. John 14, verse 11. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. What? Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Just because, believe just because of the manifestation that you've seen me do. Just think about what work actually shows us. Amen? Pastor D. John 10 and 38. But if I do his work, Believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Very good. Thank you. I need someone to get Genesis 2 and 24. I need someone to get 1 Corinthians 6 and 16. I need someone else to get 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. If someone can get John 1, 1 through 5. Mm-hmm. And let me see if I want to have y'all do this one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just go for it while we're at the beginning here. Um, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Mm-hmm. Titus 2 and 1. Putting y'all to work. Hebrews 3 and 12. 1 Peter 1 and 11. All right, my first reader, sir. First Corinthians six sixteen. It's all right. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. It just doesn't stand for marriage. Whatever we unite ourselves to, even our body with a prostitute, we have become one with that. Which one you have? Genesis 2.24. This explains why a man leaves his father and <laughs> Was mother. Was that a perfect follow-up? <laughs> Go ahead, say it again. <laughs> this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Leave your mama, then you won't need no prostitutes. Get your own wife. Get your mama in your wife. What you coming with, prophet? Come on. John 1, 1 through 5. Tell us about manifesting. John 1 and 1, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The Lord, the Word was with God, 
and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love it. Read that first line again for me. I like your reading. First line? Yeah. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word already existed. The word was with God. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was God. That's amazing. If you think of that all by itself, it's confusing. You really got to break the statement out and kind of, well, I'm a seer, so I have to picture it for it to make sense to me. In the beginning, the word was already. Who's the word? So God and the word manifested what? So God and the word manifested a what mind? A mastermind. Was Jesus not the master plan for all of us? Our way in, our way through, and our way out. Hallelujah. Come on, evangelist. Which one you have? It's a Second Corinthians two fourteen. Beautiful. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ, triumphal procession, and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. What version are you reading? Ah, uh, um, New Living. Is that amplified? Um, I don't want amplified. I want you don't to know. Want it? No. What was that one? Because the New Living Translation is really the new. It's not the original. The original New Living Translation was the most expressed English translation of the Hebrew word. Okay. So people I know are trying to probably get what I, they often hear me say I use is the new living, but mm -hmm. the new living is as bad as the NIV now. Okay. They're taking things out. They're adding things in. Okay. So Go ahead. No NIV. No, you're fine, but always cross compare. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, went, I moved quickly. Good girl. Um, yes, you did to, move to quickly. King James. <laughs> Go ahead. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Yeah. Your favorite scripture. <laughs> triumph in Christ uh -huh. and make it, make it manifest the go. Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. By us in every place, we are to manifest the fragrance of God who causes us to triumph. This is the things we manifest because everything we need is in Christ. So when the world is talking about manifesting, yeah, we understand manifesting. We manifest too. I'm manifesting Christ right now in this situation. And in this dark situation, whatever the situation can be, God who I manifest is causing me to triumph in every situation. Hebrews 3 and 12. Thank you, sir. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving turning you away from the living God. Mm -hmm. What translation was that? Okay. See to it, brethren, that there is never in any of you as perhaps there may be a sinful and unbelieving heart manifesting itself in revolt from the ever-living God. See what we can manifest? Because often, you know, the world and the 
social media pastors and prophets and evangelists, they always talk about the gospel as if it's a hallmark card. You know, we're always manifesting good. But understand that we can also manifest from an unbelieving heart. What do we manifest from an unbelieving heart? Mm-hmm. A sinful nature. It can manifest in revolt from the ever-living God. Come on, Prophet Lisa. Which do you have? Yeah. Two and one. Mm -hmm. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Two and one. But manifesting perfect fidelity and kind feeling in order to bring honor to the teachings of our Savior God in all things. Manifesting perfect fidelity and kind feeling in order to bring honor to the teaching of our Savior God in all things. In all things, right, bringing honor to our God. <sighs> Anyone else? Yeah, it's fine. If you can just project, that'll be good. Thank you. One and eleven. Manifesting. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Searching in regard to what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Listen. Picture this with yourself. Searching in regard to what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ was within you, was manifesting, testifying beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory after these. Y'all with me? Yeah. Amen. And there was one more. Maybe I skipped that one. No, I guess Genesis 2 and 24 covered it. All right. Y'all good? All right, so let's talk about this manifesting and how Christ manifests himself, how the Holy Spirit manifests himself, how God manifests himself. Often the word that is used for us is omnipresence. Omnipresence. One powerful, one powerful positive in connecting yourself with the deity as Christ is that he is omnipresent. What does that mean? The property of being present everywhere. Nothing goes unseen from God. So when you don't have the eyes in your, remember we used to say grandma or my had eyes in the back of her head? We'd be doing something behind her head and she'd throw something, pow, I don't know about y'all, my mother was a thrower. Things come flying across the room and you ain't even know, like, how she see me do that? God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. You think your mama had it good. Try God. This property is most commonly used in a religious context as an attribute of a deity or a supreme being, omnipresent, the property of being present everywhere. Omnipresence or ubi ubiquity, can't talk today, is the property of being present anywhere and everywhere. The term omnipresence is most often used in a religious context of an attribute of a deity or supreme being while the term 
ubiquity, help me Jesus, is generally used to describe something existing or being everywhere at the same time, constantly encountered, <coughs> widespread, common, ubiquitousness can also be used as a synonym for world, words like worldwide. Where's God? Worldwide. Universal. Global. Pervasive. All over the place while being in the same place. That's our God. Knows all things. The old church used to say, sits high. Come on now. Never forgetting any of us. So we begin to learn how becoming one with Christ, as, as Jesus has always said, I and the Father are one, I do nothing without the Father, is really what God's plan is for relationship. And I think that's what makes it so naturally hard to be married, is because the becoming one with one flesh. But until we become one with that one flesh, there is no creation of a master opportunity, a master mind. We can't see God in his fullness if we work together as teams, but we don't work towards the same vision. That's why I often talk with my leaders and I say, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to share an opinion that is not favorable in this room. It's okay to share an opinion or an experience that doesn't line up to what I'm saying. But after you get your expression out, please understand that we will work in harmony in this room because if we can't work in harmony, there's always a D, duo vision to the vision. And then things that I've said get sent out incorrectly, get sent out twisted. Things begin, people have their own creation. One time I told them, I said, if I asked y'all to make me some pancakes, and I asked for Aunt Jemima. Some of y'all want to save some money, so you went to Save-A-Lot, and you got their brand of pancake mix. Nothing wrong with it if you like it, right? But are we following the vision of the recipe given? Are we gonna have a different result than what was given? And that's exactly what we do whenever we try to put our own spin on the vision that's already been created. How do we bring this into what we talked about last week? We're talking about creating a mastermind. It's mind chemistry that we're talking about. And it's going to sound a little off to the church. It's going to sound a little um, maybe scientific to the church in the beginning. It's probably new to a lot of y'all in the beginning. A lot of us probably heard the term mind chemistry and automatically thought it was some psychological babble, some new age stuff that we're coming up with. But just because the world is using their vocabulary, they're still defining what God said from the beginning that two shall become one is mind chemistry. He wasn't talking about the sexual moment of becoming one. He was talking about just joining together harmoniously is becoming one. He even let us know, please understand that this law also works if you join yourself to a prostitute. It's not something that is only sacred for couples, it's for people who are joining together with the same mind for the same goal. You understand? We also talked last week that if there is any problem in your marriage, the problem is usually what? 
Hmm? I hope it was a married person that spoke. We're not repeating that, whatever they said? It was the man's fault. All right, she was in the garden too. <laughs> Come on, what else? No harmony. Absolutely. While there are many contributing causes and factors to relationships not working, the main is a lack of harmony during the earliest years of marriage. Uh-huh. The earliest years of marriage. And it's often due to one or the other's slowness of connecting and harmonious agreement to release a chemistry of the mind. So one of us, as Minister Corinna tried to point out, even though Adam says differently, one of us hindered the chemistry of the minds in blending harmoniously together. Married people, can I get a witness? Now listen, if we did this in the first few years of marriage, is it amazing to believe that it can still be affecting us today. Wow. Amazing. The principle of mind chemistry. What is it? It's the basis and cause for practically this so-called soulmate and soul tie, eternal triangle. Isn't that amazing? Soulmates. How many of y'all looking for y'all soulmates? What does the soul represent? Now y'all done pulled me all the way in now. Because you know I'm the soul doctor. So when you start touching on things as the soul, tell me about your soul. The soul is the heart of God? It's whose heart and mine? It's ours. So what's in your heart? What's in your mind? So do we want a soulmate? Evangelist still thinking like, well, long as mate is included, a soulmate might just work for mating. <laughs> right? She looked like, well, you know, 50-something years old now, and, you know, I might not just find what God want me to find, but as long as it mates, I'll take it. <laughs> Love you, evangelists. <laughs> Remember your favorite scripture. It is God who causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. Contributing factors to a marriage working and a marriage not working. The differences between that. So for sake of today, let's go back now to the definition of a mastermind. It is a mind which grows out of the blending and coordination of two or more minds. Think of these big Fortune 500 companies with their think tanks. They call them think tanks. And they tell you, bring your mind. Bring your ideas with you. It's a place where people go and you don't have to be afraid to share your creative side with people who are not creative in the same aspect as you. Why? Because this is a way that we can cover all aspects. Like if I want to create a phone that I want everybody in the world to carry, except for Bernard and Pastor D, Kareem halfway there. But if I want to create a phone, oh yeah, an XP, it's a few sinners in the house. If I want to create a phone and I want to call it Apple, and I want 
the majority of the world to carry my phone. What must I do? I must bring in the majority of people in the world. Not by the hundreds or by the thousands, a representation of them. So I bring a black man in. I bring a black woman in. I bring a homosexual in. I bring in doctors. I bring in homeless people. I bring in psychologists. I bring in scientists. And I sit them at a table and I listen to what they would like in a telephone. I listen to what's important to them in a telephone. I listen to the other brands that they use and I listen to their past experiences with phones and I listen to if we could ever do this, this is what I would love my phone to be able to do. And I bring it in from all minds that represent one mastermind and I create the iPhone. How many of y'all got an iPhone? Is that amazing or what? You see what's created when you allow other thinkers to come in? When we don't allow other thinkers to come in, we create what's already been created. We, we create something that's already common. But when you are willing to do things like Apple, I'm just gonna use that for an example, you can reach so many different people. You ever go in an Apple store? If the Apple store ever decides to be open 24 hours a day, it will still be full. The Apple store is like a nightclub. You go in, you don't want to leave. I've taken so many classes, and when I walk in, they wave. I've taken so many classes in there. Why? Because I wasn't part of the minds used to create this phone, so I want to pick up the mind of those who were used in making this instrumental, and I want every benefit from the Apple phone in my life. There's so many people who have all these gadgets and know nothing about them. They didn't know it. Leah, can you do this for me? Wow, Apostle, well, how do you recommend that I do it? With your Apple phone. It does that? Yes, Leah. And you can even share the document with me, and we both can make changes at the same time, and it's up to date at the moment. Just an example, just picking on my people today. Amen? So that's the importance of creating a mastermind. What did God have in mind when he brought two together and had them combined to be in one flesh? It wasn't his mind or her mind. It was the mind of God, the mind of Christ, because there was an ultimate goal in that happening. So the definition of a mastermind is a mind which grows out of the blending and coordination of two or more minds in a spirit of perfect harmony. Made me think of the fivefold. When I teach on the fivefold, I often explain if we have each officer, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher, if we have them all at one table together and I ask them, what is the church not doing enough of? Who's gonna say, breaching the loss? The evangelist. Who's gonna say, filling the house up for Bible study? The pastor, who's going to say the voice of God is absent from the church? The prophet, who's going to say um, that we're not teaching what's relevant to what's going on in our world right now? The teacher, who's going to say everybody ain't saved, everybody need to get to the altar, and we... <laughs> Everyone's going to disagree on what is important in the church. 
So many times I see people talk about, oh, the church ain't feeding the homeless. The church isn't doing this. You have to understand why God instituted that particular satellite office. Every church is not an evangelizing church, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't have that. Every church isn't a teaching church. This is a teaching church. In most instances where there's an apostle or if the people are apostolic, it's going to be teaching going on in the church. Shouting, you better get it on in the 45 minutes of praise and worship. Because after that, you're seeing computers and notebooks and journals being taken out. Because we're practical with the word. We want to learn the word of God so we can practice the word of God in our life. It's more than a jump or a shout. It's more than a scream. It's when I leave here, can I make practical application of what's been taught with me today? Because if God, from the beginning, was already manifesting a Jesus that wasn't even there in the beginning, and the same thing that he does, he expects us to do an even greater, I want to start manifesting what's in this word. I've been in church all my life. Somebody's saying I've been in it since my, about 28 years of age, and I want to begin to manifest. I don't want to just manifest things that are materialistic because I can get a good job and do that. I can get an education and get a good paying job and do that. I want to manifest the things that God said I should manifest in the spirit in science, in biology, how about manifesting great health? How about manifesting long life? For those that believe they're slow learners, how about manifesting a cognitive ability to comprehend, to remember, to repeat, to teach? How about manifesting all the things that God promises from tithes and offerings? These are principles, promises from the word of God that many of us aren't even seeing manifesting by faith it is things that I'm only hoping for in my mind and in my heart but the faith that I have is manifested through evidence that's not seen that I have hope for in my heart so that faith can ultimately manifest what it is that God said I should have he came that I might have life did he stop there thank you for life but he also said I should have what? Life more abundantly. God doesn't want us to be the tail. He's called us to be the head. He doesn't want us to be the borrower. He wants us to be the lender. That's manifesting the Christ-like life. Thank you, Jesus. So we have to learn first with God to blend with him, to partner with him so that he can manifest what he has for our life while we're in this life. There's people who have given testimonies. I heard them on Clubhouse say, I don't believe in Christ. I don't go to any church, but I have been healed from stage four cancer. Why? Because there are principles to the word of God that can be used without even the name of Jesus. We know the importance of name in the name of Jesus, but there is a manifesting that can happen because it's by principle. Does anyone have to go out every day and tell the ocean to stop in the name of Jesus? Why? Because it's already been a law and it's been already laid in the foundations of time that the water shall come no more than right here. Every sunrise, every sunset, every moon, it's a principle. We don't have to go out every day and run to the oceans and say, in the name of Jesus, 
sun in the name of Jesus, moon in the name of Jesus. These were already preset before time. And so are the things that we are supposed to manifest in our life preset before time. That's why Oprah can use it. Bill Gates can use it. Apple can use it. And they do not name the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus brings us into a relationship with the deity of the principles. But the Bible often talks about people coming in the back door and receiving what is for the children of God that we sit in church every week and we look for a religious experience. And long as you got chills and goosebumps, long as the organ tuned up, long as the choir hit it just right, as long as the pastor did the nomina, 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 y'all was all right in service. But we left here with nothing practical. We left here with nothing manifesting in our life. Maybe one or two people in the church manifesting. The rest, oh, I, I don't mind living like this. You know, I just trust the Lord. Yeah, we don't mind either. We trust the Lord too. But there were promises that would be mine if I became one with him as he is one with God. We would manifest a mastermind. I'm supposed to know what's going on in the news before the world. I'm supposed to know what's happening economically before the world. I should know the stocks to invest in. God is concerned about stocks. God is so concerned with stocks that he told the poor, because you choose not to invest, I'm always going to keep you poor. We don't like that kind of stuff. And I will always make the rich rich among you because the rich invest in an economy and I love my earth. Read about the talents. We, we, we saving it and you're broke under my mattress until Pookie steal it. <laughs> right now, stock-wise, I, I was telling Bernard the other day, I was like, the Lord has been giving me insight on stock. And I said, the other day, he told me to buy Amazon. And I didn't do it. And when we were heading to our anniversary at the Cape, I said, uh, well, it's probably going to say it, but I said the phone's name because all y'all phones are light up right now. Apple. And I said the phone's name, and I said, how much is Amazon stock right now? It said $200. But as of June, I forget the date, it's going to split. And No, Apple was $2,000. I'm sorry. The app, um, Amazon share was $2,000. But on June something, it was going to split. And people were going to be able to buy $200 worth of a share. That's originally $2,000. So when a split comes, right, it's usually like you better do something else. It's like the fireworks at the end of it. You get it now, but you got to remember to get out. So God's teaching me this while that phone name is talking to me. On the way back, I check, and I said, now look, we went on Friday. We came back on Sunday. I said, phone name, how much is Amazon stock? $2,500. If I would have bought while we were driving in the car, Amazon, the least I would have made would have been $500 from going on vacation for a weekend. God is in investing. He called us to be the head and not the tail. As much as we love to witness on the streets and witness to our family, there's rich people that need to be witnessed to. Is anybody willing to witness to rich people? 
You can't witness to rich people. Let me do it this way. I won't say it that way because that would be incorrect. How do you get around rich people in order to invest with them? All you have to do is just, let's, I'm not answering your question. I had already moved on from that one. But you need to be rich, okay? You need to invent something. You need to be an influencer. You need to go from seven people following you in one day to a million in the same year. You need to strike some kind of pivotal something in your life that brings attention to you. That's why many people now, especially preachers, pray for my brothers and sisters, y'all, are saying things they don't want to say because they want to strike the algorithm to show up with negative commentaries and negative comments. Because in psychology, we're taught that bad news, right, overdo, overdoes good news. What does that mean? Bad news travels fast. So if I do something bad, it's going to travel really fast. Whereas if I'm sitting here saving souls, preaching good Jesus messages, it's just going to keep a, a, a regular audience. But if I preach on what's going on in the world, you know, there's a preacher, I won't say his name, but every time there's something relevant going on in the news, he preaches about it. His numbers stay high. He's always high on the chart. He preached about the Will Smith and Chris Rock debacle. He, he preached about, um, I mean, anything that you can think of that's going on in the news, he preaches about it. Who? He preaches about that. And he keeps himself high up on the Richter scale. Because as Kanye West said it best, bad press is still press. So unfortunately, it's a psychology that even preachers use. I saw one the other day. He just married Shaq's wife. He's been a little bit of a controversial preacher, a little bit, but he stays in his safe lane. He decided to make a derogatory comment, in a sense, to Haitian people. I believe it was planned. I don't believe it was a mistake at all. I believe he did it because as soon as he did it, all of the influencers that have big followers grabbed it and attacked him. And I believe he waited for the attack to come through so now he can post his apology. Because now that every person with a million followers grabbed that post, these people are now having access to your information who never followed you before. Not only does it thrust you up, but it brings you to a high place where now he's going to get preaching invites because now he's noticed on a wider spectrum. Do y'all get me? Amen. So there's different ways that we create situations to make things happen in our lives. And, you know, I said at this event I spoke to the other day, I said the algorithm is the devil because it got folks going crazy. We're almost like the church going wild just to get attention. The other day when I was having these great conversations that I have with myself, anybody have great conversations with themselves? You wish you had an audience so people was there with you so they could hear these great conversations? I said, I wonder what preachers would do if they found out we weren't supposed to be famous. How many would still preach? What if there was a ban on preachers on social media? How many would close? 
because we're doing everything outside of what God promised us because we're not manifesting what he promised us. And we're not manifesting what he promised us because to create a mastermind, we have to? We have to blend. We have to partner. We have to coordinate with the mind and the will of God. And most of us don't know the mind or the will of God because we're not partnering with him. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. What is he saying there? Partner with me and see that I am good. Partner with me and watch that I manifest in you. We're doing everything outside of God. What did we call it in our fivefold teaching? compensatory accommodation we're still making accommodation for what we had and we lost we're going to get the full significance of the word harmony as we go through these weeks together two minds will not blend nor can they be coordinated unless the elements of perfect harmony is present wherein lies the secret of success or failure of practically all businesses and social partnerships. You ever say no to someone and was close to them for years? And once you said that no, the relationship seemed to have changed. It, it, it fell off. It, it, it wasn't as, we weren't calling as much. We wasn't texting as much. We wasn't checking on each other as much. When somebody says no, because there was a disagreement to what the other one thought was a harmony between the two of us. That every time I asked you for stuff, you was going to do it. Every time I overspent, you would help me pay my rent. Hello. Two minds will not blend, nor can they coordinate unless the element of perfect harmony is present. Every sales manager, Ron Bonner, and every military commander and every leader in any other walk of life understands the necessity of the esprit de corps. What does that mean? A spirit of common understanding. That's what God wants us to have. A spirit of common understanding and cooperation. Are y'all with me? In the attainment of success. Esprit de corps. A spirit of common understanding and cooperation. In the attainment of success. That's why I said, by the end of this, those that really take it and in, 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 make practical application of it are going to see prosperity in their life because this isn't magical work it's not magician work it's not you got to give a hundred to get a thousand back even though the hundred fold does work this is an expression of what's already been in you that has gone dormant because you haven't been released by an apostle or a prophet to understand the teaching to release the abundance in your life why do I say apostle and a prophet? Because they're the only ones crazy enough to teach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why the pastor has to be backed by prophets and apostles. So the teacher has the backing and the pastor has the backing and the evangelist has the backing. This is teaching that many will reject and call it new age. Because we don't understand our Bible from a kingdom perspective, a medical perspective. Now that you are a doctor, how much of the Bible do you see now is concerning health and long life? The whole thing. When our eyes were first opened, when we started understanding the kingdom of God, right? How much of the Bible do we see now with a kingdom perspective? 
almost everything we read. Where before, when we thought it was just religious, it was just our building, what went on in this room, we could only see it if it happened to be a testimony or a witness in here. But as soon as you, it, the Bible says, as soon as the kingdom is unlocked for you, the whole Bible is expressed differently. You no longer see it as a religious institution. You see us as campuses. And my church really isn't that important as any other church. Hallelujah. The mass spirit of harmony of purpose is obtained through discipline. Write it down. Now, uh -huh, therein lies the problem. This mass spirit of harmony. We're working in groups and teams and organizations and leaderships. Husband and wife spreading this down to their children. This mass spirit of harmony of purpose is obtained through discipline, <laughs> whether voluntary or forced. <laughs> of such a nature that the individual minds become blended into a mastermind. Now, the reason why we, met, we mentioned the force part, because it's still a principle, and it's still active, it's still available, it can be used even through force. It should not be that way. That is not the God way, but please understand that it will still work that way. A lot of people try to understand, why do these cults work? Why do people join cults? Like we watch it on TV, and we can see that it was a cult from the beginning, right? You ever watch this stuff? Especially on the Mormon church? You look at these people like they were taken in back rooms and spanked with wooden boards by their brothers and sisters in the Mormon church, and you never saw something wrong with this. Where is it that you lost your mind that Pastor D is allowed to take people in her office and spank them? Because a forced agreement a forced harmony was instituted with the people and they begin to see how other lives were being changed not knowing that a whole other monster was being created on the other side of the wall this is how people get into things like this but it's a forced harmony do they not look harmonious yes do they not pretty much dress the same can you not tell when you in the project and the Mormon boys come through there what they look like Black pants, white shirt, backpack. They take this mindset and they force it upon people to create what we would call an agreement, a harmonious coordination of agreement from even how they dress. Do you know that they have to every year they must do missionary work? Do you know the church doesn't pay for it? They have to raise their own money to do missionary work that they have to do. I ain't gonna say the word in here because we got visitors today. But that's some strong stuff right there. Every sales manager, every military commander, every leader knows this. What is it? What is it? They understand that the blending of an agreement or of a vision releases a chemistry of the individual minds which can have the power or does have the power to modify individuals in such a manner that these minds blend and function as one. Let's 
bring it back to married people. Can you not often tell most times what your spouse is thinking? Married people? No? You can't? No, I was asking behind you. I know you can. He's difficult. So, if we were in marriage counseling with Latanya, based on this lesson we just read, what would y'all say was the problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And harmony doesn't mean happiness. It doesn't mean she's not happy with him, doesn't love him. It, harmony means what? Coming into agreement. Somewhere agreement hasn't taken place yet. Are y'all following me? Y'all smiling like, please leave us alone. Please don't go there like the evangelist is passing out the Vaseline. So everybody's just looking like this now. It's agreement. The agreement is missing. Think about it like this. This was so powerful to me. Sarah and Abraham, they come into agreement on her idea that I want a baby. I don't care about you, Abraham. I want a baby. I know you're going to have all these children for nations as many as the stars that we can't count. Yeah, that's good for you. That's you and God. I want a baby. I want your baby. Too many years are going by, and I can't get pregnant by you, Abraham, and I made up my mind I want your baby. So I want you to go down the road, and I want you to grab this girl and bring her into the house with us, and she's going to produce this baby for me because Sarah couldn't wait on the promise. Abraham for the power of agreement. And I'm sure it was really difficult for him to do. He goes and get a side chick. Brings her into relationship. Well, you know, Sarah, you making me do it. You know, you want a baby. Right. So they manifest. They make a baby. Sarah begins to get jealous. And she decides... I want this woman out of here. I want her so far out of here, she don't even get child support. She gets nothing from us. She gets so heated, she decides I want the child out of here too. The woman and the child. No child support, no alimony, no hush money. I want them out. I want you to take them back out to that village you got them from. I want them far from where we're living. Abraham goes to God. What God would tell a man, listen to your wife and disown your children? The God, obviously, many of us don't know. So what happens? Valine, I need you to shut down that activity back there. Thank you. So what happens? God tells him, go ahead. Listen to your wife. Abraham is charged to get rid of that woman and that child you made to stay in perfect harmony with your wife. If Abraham did not listen to the wife, what do you think could have altered history from the rest of the pages of that Bible? Because God understands the power of harmonious creation, manifesting creativity. It was more, did God agree with Sarah? We don't know scripturally. 
but pretty much it doesn't make sense, right? Because God wants man responsible for all of his. So what would make God agree to do that? It could have been something that was in Abraham's heart. We don't know the full depths of it. But what we do know is that the power of agreement in marriage is so important that God authorized him to disown the woman and the child. And for those of y'all waiting for child support, God says that you are the father, but you ain't paying no child support or no alimony. That's the God we don't know. Why? Because we can only understand God by our heart. We can't understand him by his law. We can't understand God by the power of agreement, which is sciences, mind chemistry. We can't understand many of that stuff because we choose to know the Bible religiously and not learn the Bible by a kingdom mindset. And kingdoms incorporate governments, biology, science, chemistry, psychology. There's so much to understand in the word of God than just your religious experience that you can't explain anyhow. Valine, did she go out? Okay. Are y'all with me? A little loosed up stuff up in here today. But I'm surprised we haven't seen a little manifesting of some other kinds of spirits. When you work a church mind out of a church religious mindset to understand that most things that the world teaches came from us. Let me go off for a little bit. Mindfulness. The church is against mindfulness because we think it's this and we think it's the yoga poses and all that stuff. Mindfulness came from us. David said, it's thy word that I hid in my heart. He says, I meditate on the word of God. All of this came from us. The world and the Buddhist grabs everything, just like the magician did, magicians did in Exodus and tried to copy everything the kingdom of God has. So we think mindfulness is wrong and of the devil. The way the world is doing it, because we refuse to teach it, they have grabbed onto the customs of the world. They have grabbed onto the Babylonian and the paganistic customs of the world because we're not in the park teaching people how to manifest from the kingdom of God. We're not in the park with our Bibles. We're not in the park having prayer circles. We're hiding in a building while the world is being taught by other gods that came from other nations. And we allow it day after day, month after month, year after year. Mindfulness came from us. Mindfulness isn't a yoga pose. It isn't a pinched finger pose. Mindfulness is meditating on the word of God that I have hid in my heart. I can only meditate on things that are in me because these things that are in me are things that are above. I cannot meditate on man-made products. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Jesus didn't come after the Muslim church. Jesus was in the beginning because the word was in the beginning, and Jesus was manifested from the word and from God. How many arguments have I had, apologias, have I had with Muslim brothers and sisters saying Jesus is a, a new God? The Muslim religion started here. Jesus was in the beginning. 
We had to wait for the mastermind, the, 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 the fleshly, the dated birth and the dated death to manifest, but he was in the beginning. But see, we get lost because we have these arguments that we have not studied for and we're not prepared for. So when apostles and the prophets are released to bring us into this new information to us, not to God, People have a problem with the revelation because it's not what my pastor taught. It's not what my culture taught. So if it ain't something I know already, it must be wrong. Well, I'm tired to tell you, and I've come to tell you, that the Apostles' House is a cutting-edge ministry. We follow the precepts and the concepts of the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, because our apostle, first the chief cornerstone, under-shepherd apostle Suzanne Howard, is in the face of God, in the presence of God. I fight for my time with God. I, I know God is jealous for his time with me, so I hear what he's saying. I know what he's showing me. I have insight, hindsight. I even have information from the past that I can bring forward. But when churches have only been raised by a pastor, there's a pastoral limitation on it. Not a disrespect. We need the pastor. The apostles would kill us. We need it. Some Sunday mornings after I teach, it's a line for Pastor D. Make me feel better. Make me feel better. Give me the neospore and give me something. That message got me jacked up. That is the word of God. Do you think Jesus was murdered because he preached a nice church message? Do you think the apostles were murdered because they teach and taught nice church messages? Could you imagine a group of people, especially them Jews, talking about the kingdom of God is at hand? Kill them! You have to be here today and in this building today because God is calling you to something greater. He's calling you to think higher. He's calling you out of religious mindset, out of religious doctrine. He's calling you into his marvelous light, not a new age light. He's not calling you into Christian sciences. He's calling you in to the unadulterated word of God called the B-I-B-L-E. It's always been there. It always will be, but he's causing for your experience because the word of God is already revealed. He's given us an enlightenment to the word of God, to the already revealed word of God. Someone says, I, I love this expression that was taught to me, that when you get revelation from the word of God, God <sighs> breathed on you. Is that not powerful? To know that when you read something for years and years and years and you read it through your understanding, you read it through the church understanding, and all of a sudden God goes, <sighs> And you're like, wow, what just happened? This is blowing my mind. You call people, some get it. Some were excited. Others are like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't get it at all because God didn't on them. But God on some of us. But you got to be in a place for him to breathe on you. You got to read his word. You got to be mindful of the word of God, of prayer, of meditation, the prayer disciplines. Let me get to my, my end. <laughs> that no been following me around for about four weeks. The method through which this blending process takes place are as numerous as the individuals engaged in the various forms of leadership. 
every leader has his or her own method of coordinating with the minds of their followers. One will use force, another uses persuasion. One will play upon the fear of penalties while another plays upon rewards in that cue. In order to reduce the individual minds of a given group of people to where they may be blended into a mass mind. Y'all who know the word of God, your mind should be just like exploding right now. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to end there. The really great leaders of the world, however, have been provided by nature with a combination of mind chemistry favorable as a nucleus of attraction for other minds. Do y'all get that? Napoleon was a notable example of a man possessing the magnetic type of mind which had a very decided tendency to attract all minds with which it came into contact. Soldiers followed Napoleon even to a certain death without even flinching because of the impelling or attracting nature of his personality. In the church, we call it charismatic. And that personality was nothing more nor less than the chemistry of the mind. No group of minds can be blended into a mastermind if one of the individuals of that group possesses one of these extremely negative, repellent minds. I remember when Pastor D first came to this church and she got up and she either said something or preached something and she talked about repelling. And I'd never heard it explained the way she explained it. But when we're trying to coordinate something, build something, there can be a repellent mindset in what we're doing, which brings me back to PATL. Why stay in a church that you can't follow the vision of? You're going to be a repellent mind. The negative and positive minds will not blend in the sense here described as a mastermind. Lack of knowledge. Who told us about that? Come on, y'all. Lack of knowledge of this fact has brought many and otherwise able leaders to defeat. Because people do what with a lack of knowledge? They perish. Any able leader who understands this principle, what is it? It's a principle. What does a principle mean in layman's terms, in your own words? It's a set law. It's a standard. Very good. Any able leader who understands this principle of mind chemistry may temporarily blend the minds of practically any group of people so that it will represent a mass mind. But the composition will disintegrate almost the very moment, listen, the leader's presence is removed from the group. Are y'all relating this to church? Are y'all relating this to our Christian walk? Are some of y'all just totally lost? You, the young man back there said, no, I ain't lost. Because some of y'all looking like, thank you, sir. Almost to the point. Y'all can leave. You're not no disrespect. Y'all, we, we have a, 
understanding. The most successful life insurance, but this is respect. This is perfect harmony with the house, with Jesus. The most successful life insurance sales organization and other sales forces meet once a week or more often for the purpose of what? Mm, for the purpose of merging the individual minds into a mastermind, which will, for a limited number of days, serve as a stimulus to individual minds. Y'all need to have that written down. I want to hear that in our elders' meeting. They meet weekly. Sales forces, number one. I'm coming down your lane, and that's where I'm going to end. For the purpose of merging the individual minds into a mastermind, which will, for a limited number of days, serve as a stimulus to the individual mind. Think of a corporate setting like this. Right? We come here to hear the mastermind of Jesus spoken through the leader of that individual house. For what? For the purpose of merging our individual minds into Master Jesus' mind, which will, for a limited number of days before Sunday, serve as a stimulus to our individual minds. Are y'all getting it? Uh-huh. It may be, and generally is true, that leaders of groups who do not understand what actually takes place in meetings that the routine of such meetings is usually given over to talks by the leader and other members of the group and occasionally from someone outside the group. Meanwhile, the minds of the individuals are contacting and recharging one another. See, the world talks about energy. We call it what? Spirits. Almost to the, to the point. Hang in there, y'all. The brain of a human being may be compared to an electric battery in that it will become exhausted or run down, causing the owner of it to feel despondent, discouraged, and lacking in pep, who is so fortunate as never to have such a feeling. We all get it, right? The human brain, when it is this depleted or in such a depleted condition, must be recharged. And we often do what to recharge? Yeah, we rest. Thank y'all. And the manner in which this is done is through contact with the more vital mind or minds. Did y'all hear me? Oftentimes I hear people say, oh, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Or I didn't feel like it. Or I'm just so depressed. I'm going to stay home. I'm so sad. I'm going to stay home. All you do is feed a depleted mindset until you become depressed and then physical things, spiritual things begin to happen to you, the most powerful masterminding thing you can actually do is come into a congregation or a group of people to electrically charge you by the charge that's already stimulating in that atmosphere. This is why when you don't feel like worshiping, you worship. When you don't feel like praying, you pray. When you don't feel like fasting, you fast. Because you electrically charge in you with looking for a charge. It's not looking for you to feed the depression. We don't need more rest. Almost done. Thank you, woman of God. It's a depleted condition. Wait till I hit drugs and what drugs has done to us. 
The greatest of leaders must understand the necessity of a recharging process and moreover, understand how to accomplish this result. This knowledge is the main feature which distinguishes a leader from a follower. When I want to sit down, I can't. When I want to give up, I can't. Hallelujah. When we've been knocked down, we're not knocked out. This is the preaching that comes across the pulpit to recharge you, to stimulate you, to give you hope, unended hope, unended hope. But when you stay home and you watch it on TV, you're not getting the charge that comes from us touching and agreeing in the midst. God is the mastermind is when we touch and agree. We could sit in this building all day long and only half agree, only half are going to manifest. She's got her favorites. No, they have their favorite. Their favorite is God. And when your favorite is God, you become a favorite to me. I don't favor people, first of all. And second of all, I can't favor people who don't favor God. Because I understand that when I'm down low, I have to reach up. I understand that just a phone call from Pastor D could put you in tears. Come on, somebody. I understand that when an armor bearer shows up, I feel my help coming. I understand when I get on the phone with Ron Bonner, he's going to charge me up with encouragement. You've got to know who you reach out to and stop reaching out to familiar spirits. When you want to have sex and you ain't married, stop calling your single friends. Call the married people up and let them tell you how it was important for them to wait because what you attach yourself now is what you have come into agreement with. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. This is why he calls us a peculiar people. This is why he tells us you're in the world but not of the world. This is why he say, I set you apart from the world. You are a consecrated people. You are kings and queens. You can't go around and casting your pearls before swine. You got to act better because you are better. I called you out. I singled you out. I need you to partner with me. There's so much that I have for you, but you're partnering with the series on Netflix. You're partnering with people who ain't going nowhere. You're partnering with other believers who have a low mindset. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I just want to read one part and I'm out your way. I wanted to hit Bonner, but I lost my space. So I'm going to hit Dr. Vanessa. Every intelligent health practitioner of whatever school or type knows that nature or the mind cures disease in every instance where a cure is effected. Medicines, faith, laying on of hands, chiropractic, osteopathy, and all other forms of outside stimulants are nothing more than artificial aids to nature, or to state it correctly, were methods of setting the chemistry of the mind into motion to the end 
that it readjusts the cells and tissues of the body, revitalizing the brain and otherwise causes the human machine to function normally. Every intelligent health practitioner, no matter what school of medicine they've come through, holistic, homopathic, medicines, practicing medicines, they all agree that there's one method that they seem to have an overarching effect on people. And it's when we begin to set the chemistry of our mind. Think on things that are above. Casting down every imagination. When we begin to set things into motion, to that end, causing our cells to readjust and tissues of the body to revitalize the brain and otherwise causes the human machine to function normally. The human brain in the depleted condition knows that it has to be in fellowship with other believers. Fortunate is the person who understands this principle sufficiently well to keep his or her brain vitalized or recharged by periodically contacting it with a more vital mind. What does he say? The blind hang with the blind? Where do they end up? So what is he telling us in this text? If you know you're blind, don't hang with blind people. That's whether you're blind in business, you're blind in health, you're blind naturally, right? How, think about natural blindness. How can I help you? We're both blind. He's telling us that we always have to connect up. Are y'all with me? Sexual contact. Oh, yeah, everybody woke up to sleep, just woke up. Sexual contact is one of the most effective of the stimuli through which a mind may be recharged, providing the contact is intelligently made between man and woman who have genuine affection for one another. Can I run today? Any other sort of sexual relationship which I opened up with is a devitalizer of the mind. Any competent practitioner of psychotherapeutics can recharge a brain within a few minutes of sex with a partner. Does this take on a whole new aspect of partnership for y'all? Thank you. Partnership. We can have sex. A lot of us have had sex but sex with a partner one who you are harmoniously in agreement with can bring you out of depression can bring you out of oppression can make you want to get up in the morning can make you sing medleys all day long can give you good rest at night but you got a partner The word sex, the word sex is not an indecent word. 
You'll find it in all the dictionaries. Before passing away from the brief reference that I just made to sexual contact as a means of revitalizing a depleted mind, it seems appropriate to call to your attention to the fact that all great leaders and whatever walks of life they have arisen have been people who are highly sexed in nature and often know the importance of having a partner. What did I just say? Most people in any kind of high power positions, you will find married and not single. The Bible says, he who findeth a wife findeth favor. He may not like her, but it's his favor. He may not appreciate it, but it's his favor. Come on, y'all, with your preacher voice. Favor. That's the word. And it's the same word with no twisting, no manipulation, no lying. Why he said when he finds a wife. He didn't say a prostitute. He didn't say a side chick. He ain't even touching it. When you find your wife, your partner, who you will have 1 Corinthians 13 love and matrimony with, you will receive favor. You will receive the master mind of Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we get saved. Doesn't mean we just receive Jesus. I'm talking about the mind. Don't manipulate what we're teaching here. There is a growing tendency, I gotta go, upon the part of the best informed physicians and other health practitioners to accept the theory that all diseases begin with the brain of the individual who has allowed their brain, the organ, y'all, not the mind, the soul, the brain, the organ, who has allowed the individual to get to a depleted or devitalized state. Stated in another way, it is a known fact that a, a person who has a perfectly vitalized brain is practically, if not entirely, immune from all manner of disease. Let this mind that be in, be also in Christ Jesus. When our mind is right, Elder Manny has this saying he always says, when you know better, you do better. The power of the mind. Think about it, y'all. Every time you say something that's just foolish, every time you speak something in your, the Holy Spirit in your physical body causes you to quench it, pull it back, cancel it, repent of it. Stop speaking my medicine, my asthma, my disease, my cancer, my female issues, my headache. Stop claiming it personally and realize that it is that mind that is manifesting what that mouth is speaking because of the power of mind chemistry that came from God, not science, not new age. It came from God, but it's being perversely operated in the world. This is where I'm done. Every intelligent health practitioner has to teach. This is why you are in the world of medicine. 
but you're not of the world of medicine. Not that you don't believe in medicine, but it's a struggle for you with discomfort in that whole field because God is lining you up with something greater. How many times have you talked to me and said, you've just begun to, you feel like a therapist more than a doctor of medicine when people come in the room because most people are bringing in their problems. And what precedes the problem? The pain. I got this issue going on, my body hurt. I got this going on, I got Parkinson's. I got this going on, I can't eat. I got this going on, I have thyroid issues. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is the week that y'all are going to incorporate a mind that is thinking on things above. Not things in this body. I don't care what it feels like. You're not claiming what the doctor said. You're going to operate in your mind. And you're going to allow your mind to be the government of the rest of your body. And we don't go against the government. And this government is in Christ. This is where I'm done. A mastermind may be created by any group of people who will coordinate their minds in a spirit of perfect harmony. The group may consist of any number from two on upward. Best results appear available from the blending of six or even seven minds. It has been suggested that Jesus Christ discovered how to make use of the principle of mind chemistry. Now, these people who are teaching don't follow Jesus Christ, but they found they had to put him in the message. They just worded it incorrectly. Did y'all hear the incorrect wording? It says, it has been suggested that Jesus Christ discovered how to make use of this principle. Come on. Jesus taught us how to make use of the principle. But they have to acknowledge him of mind chemistry and that he seemingly miraculous performances grew out of his power he developed through the blending of the minds. The mind he was connected to with God and the Holy Spirit. Then the mind in his earthly walk with his 12 disciples. It has been pointed out that when one of the disciples, namely Judas Iscariot, broke faith with the mastermind, immediately disintegrated, and Jesus met with the supreme catastrophe of his life. So Judas was used to break perfect harmony because perfect harmony kept God alive, kept Jesus alive. They couldn't kill him. They couldn't find him. Think about it. They couldn't find Jesus because he was in perfect harmony. So as soon as the time came for Judas to break perfect harmony, our lives begin again in Christ. What am I saying? When Judas broke perfect harmony, Jesus was able to be recognized because remember, only a few recognized him. He was able to be seen. He was able to be discovered. And he was able to be taken in by the soldiers and able to be taken to the cross only because one person broke that perfect harmony he had with God. 
Where your minds at? Where your minds at? Where's the thinkers in this room? Where's your minds at? Come on, this is a school of thought. Where's your minds at? When you break the serpent, the circle, the serpent will bite. You have one man? You just excited. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Come on. You better preach it. I'm going to be in the front row of that thing. What else? Can we be seeing a reverse of the abundant life because we keep breaking harmony with God? Can we receive the blessings of the Lord that maketh rich and add no sorrow and then end up in sorrow because we break perfect harmony with God? Come on, thinkers. Jesus had to have Judas, which is what Nicole is saying. So Judas was used. They knew by what was in Judas's heart that they could depend on him to be after money more than Jesus. Right? Just use the money. Another Pharaoh. And they kept him and included him and specifically picked him to be on Jesus's team. Because at the right time of offering you the right amount of money, overtime on your job, a boyfriend, promotion, raise, as soon as I offer you this bag, think about it. It was a bag. It was a bag. Jesus turned, Judas turned on Jesus for a bag. And they knew in his heart that it would be that bag. You know what y'all call money? Pastor, I can't come to church. I got to get that bag. So did Judas. Because the bag was more important than Jesus. But he was used the whole time to bring this whole life of Jesus right into the program that God had planned. Go ahead, Pastor D. No, we our minds are all right. But I was thinking also about the Apostle Paul. Come on. How he had to be thrust into his purpose. Yeah. Uh, uh, by breaking away from the mindset of what he was, what he, he had to keep the mindset of what he was taught. Yeah. But he had to join up and link up with the mind of Christ. Come on, you're processing. In order to become that great apostle. That's right. That If I was to explain just for closing sake, what is the mastermind? It is letting this mind in you be also in Christ Jesus. If you want to explain it to someone or you're trying to process it yourself, mastermind, what is it? Don't get caught up on the word. Get caught up on Christ told us to let our minds be in Christ. That creates the mastermind. Our example, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our example in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Jesus' flesh was not there. The two worked in perfect harmony to manifest Jesus, the Bible says, in the fullness of time. Are y'all with me? How y'all doing? 
Clap your hands if you got it. If you don't have it, stand up. Oh, y'all all got it? All right, well, praise the Lord. Let's all stand up. We're going to go home. So what's our work for this week? Think on things above here. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how real that thing is manifesting, remember that God is bigger than any manifestation. Remember that your mind that God has given you is so powerful. That's why they made that crazy commercial. This is your mind on drugs. And they cracked the egg and scrambled the eggs up. I'm going to talk about what drugs does to our brains, even the drugs that we take every day and we're not even aware of it, and how to recuperate our brains, the organ, back from all these medicines and unhealthy eating that we've got to get out of. How physical activity, when you want to lay down and sit down, take a walk. After you eat a plate of food and the food is so heavy for your body to break down, your body, do you know your body goes to sleep? And the reason why we call it itis is an excuse for bad health. That when you eat too much, your body has to put you to sleep in order to process. See, Eve was too much. And God had to put Adam to sleep to process. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at Bonner. I love y'all. Tell your neighbor, thank you for being next to me today. You made all the difference in this message. Tell them, because one way or the other, we learned today, they have impacted your hearing. They impacted your listening. Hallelujah. Tell you all the side, thanks for sitting next to me today. We have recharged each other. We are vitalized in our brain. Come on. Father, as we leave this place, but never your presence, thank you for allowing the spirit of the living God to rest, to rule, to abide in us. Thank you for recharging our minds, for breaking depression and oppressing. Thank you for breaking oppressive self-talk. Thank you for coming against the wiles of our imagination that's causing our bodies to be sick, for our bodies to be dependent on drugs and alcohol and even prescription medications and sugars. Father, we return our bodies to this former estate in you, trusting in, relying in the purpose and will and intent that you have for our lives, our body, and our mind. Today, we decree and declare that we have let this mind that also be in me always be in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for your time today. If there's someone that wants to use the power of touch and agreement and you are battling something and you just don't want to leave here battling with it on your own, we invite you to the altar now. If there's one that wants to make witness and give their heart to Christ, we invite you to come up here now. We will pray with you and give witness to this in the earth. If there's one here that wants to become a part of the Apostles' House, you want to be under this tutelage for teaching, instruction, caregiving, oversight for your spiritual development, come on, we welcome you and we call you up now to this altar. We pray for our sister here that is already coming, for this young man that is coming, and they're coming, I hope, with the bucket because people have their wave and their offerings. Amen. And when you, that's all right, beautiful. When you sow today, so to the master mind. Speak it out of your mouth. Begin to speak so you can see manifesting. Amen. Bless you. All right, you all release. God bless you and thank you. See y'all on Tuesday. <laughs>